Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And Jesus spake a parable to them. He said, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Lots of crops went well. And the man thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow or store up all the crop, the fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will put down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow and store all my fruits and my goods. And back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. And Jesus says to them, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The ground of the rich man brought plentifully. Great thing. It's good. He had good ground. He could enjoy that, rejoice in that. No doubt the ground on its own wasn't all that there was to having a good crop. To, be, to have a good crop, you need to know how to recognize the different seasons, how to do different things with the ground, maybe taking some weeds out, knowing when to take the fruit off, knowing when to store it. There's, there's various skills and management in bringing people in at the right time and taking people away, various things. You are able to, he was able to, he had enough, more than he could actually keep. And so he went to think about ways of storing it. And to do that, he had to make an effort. He had places to store, but they weren't enough, so I need to have bigger places to store. And there's an effort made to do that. Why? Because the crop was valuable. It was worth doing for the crop, for what's come out. Um, maybe you want to demonstrate a little bit that things are going well. Look at all these barns that we have. There was a value in the crops. And then he adjusted his mind and all his efforts around what the land gave him. The only problem was that he said, I will, and I will, and I will. And he was making it look like it's without any other, other assistance. It was only himself. It was only his dependence. It does demonstrate that his value, or his what he regarded as the, the greatest value, was the fruits that the ground had provided. He gave that greater value because he wanted to demonstrate it. He wanted to store it. And he was thinking how to make it better. So, even though there may be valuable things, items in our lives, skills, interests, your heritage, your name. We mentioned some names and people, we know what there's value in that name of Gina Reinhardt. There's value in the name of Len Hancock. There's value in the name of Michael Cheney because he's a good manager. There's value in the name of David Unapun, who was 
very well known for all kinds of inventions. He was a minister as well, as an uh, indigenous minister. There are things that we can value. There's Daniel Ricardo, I think he's from WA, and he drives a really fast car. And we recognize the name. There's value in, in the skill that he has. There's our reputation that has value. There's the lineage that we come from. There may be the school we went to. Maybe the, fa- the, the, the businesses that our family has. There are certain comforts that we may hold on to as values. There's something that we enjoy doing, our pride and joy. That is value. But no matter the value that we place on these things, there is sometimes a greater value that is presented to us and then we have a choice to make. Do I hold on to that which is valuable? Do I give it the place of priority? Or do I recognize there is something greater and do I let that go in order to gain something greater? What am I willing to do when I have something valuable and when I recognize that there is something greater? Before you answer what, are you valu- what is valuable in your life, Um, there are some things that we don't we shouldn't exchange God tells us Job in his considerations of all the things that have happened to him all the situation where he lost his livestock he lost his wealth he lost his position he lost his his servant we read said they didn't know who I was they ignored me in my own household he lost that place And he says, in this consideration, where shall wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the precious onyx or the sapphire. These are valuable things. Gold and crystal cannot equal it. And the exchange of it shall not be for jewels or fine gold or of pearls. For the price of wisdom is above rubies. Wisdom is very valuable valuable than any items that we can think of not to be exchanged another example of things that God values or is uh, when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they went through their long 40 year journey, could have been a little bit shorter when they got to the land that God had promised them and divided that land up we read in the division and the land that is offered shall be unto them a thing most holy unto the Levites the land and they shall not sell of it neither exchange it nor give away the first fruits of the land for it is holy unto the Lord the land that was given to the Levites could not be sold or exchanged for something because that was very valuable in God's sight so the principle is the question before was what are you willing to do when you recognize something of greater value some things we don't give up valuable but when we recognize something of a greater value what are we willing to do some valuables can be exchanged for others of greater value that's a good thing trading up trading up is a good thing let's look at a really straightforward example Um, if you turn to Genesis chapter 47 there's only one more thing to look after I'll I'll get all the verses after Genesis chapter 47 Let's have a look at exchanging value or trading up 
In Genesis chapter 47, we won't read all this, but from about verse um, uh, 13 to about 24, and um, starting at verse 11, the situation is that the Lord had led Jacob, whose name changed to Israel, into the land of Egypt. And his whole family, and that's where they actually became a nation of Israel. And Joseph, who was his son, we read in verse 11, placed his father and his brethren, there was about 70 of them, and gave them possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. The reason why they went there is because there was a famine and there was food was scarce. And by moving there, God had provided for them provision. Everybody else had to pay. Everyone else that couldn't get crops, couldn't get food, grain, corn, could exchange whatever currency they had for the crops. And we read in verse 14, And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt. Why? In the land of Canaan. So not just in Egypt, but all the surrounding countries as well. Wherever people had a need for food, they would travel to Egypt and they would exchange their money for food because they couldn't grow or whatever they tried to grow didn't grow very much. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Food was more valuable than the money. But at some stage, the money ran out. And we're reading in verse 15, And when the money failed in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, and all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread. Why should we die in your presence? Because our money has failed. What's going to happen next? And Joseph said, You have something that's valuable. Why don't you give of your cattle and we will exchange that for food? And so we read in verse 17, And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses. Cattle didn't just mean cows. It was horses, flocks, donkeys, whatever, whatever they had, probably camels, and some of them maybe had racing horses. Maybe some of them had horses which were... You know, pulling stuff, and they said, oh, mine's more valuable than yours. You know, bread was more valuable than any of their horses, any of their cattle, any, anything else they had. So they began to realize and trade up to something that was more valuable. But in verse 18, when the year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, look, this, there's no secret about this. It says, um, our money's gone. You've got all our cattle. We don't have much left except for our land and our bodies. Should we die in this land because money's gone, cattle's gone? And so Joseph said to them, You know what? We'll take your land. You can work on the land. And you can keep 80%. And you give 20% to Pharaoh. And that sustained them throughout the drought. Straightforward example of an exchange exchange first of money second of livestock things that would actually help them to that was their for some of them that was their means of being able to earn a living some of them was a thing of prestige um, then they had to give their land and then 
their own skill and work in order to sustain life. In order because they recognize there's something more valuable than the money they had, something more valuable than the fast horses or the carrying donkeys or the cows that could plow the land. If we don't sustain ourselves, then those things don't have as much value as we thought that they did. So that's the principle. Some things are good to exchange for something of a higher value. Let's look at some biblical examples. Going just a little bit earlier, Abraham, Abram. Abram became Abraham because of a promise that he will be the father of many nations. So the value in him, Abraham, father of nations, meaning that there will be descendants. And then he has one descendant. And God says to him, that one descendant, give to me. The very value of Abraham, father of many nations, the thing that he held as dear, he was being asked, God says, give him to me. If you say, give him to me, that means that you, God, are greater than what you had given me. And Abraham recognized that the promise giver is greater than the promise. So this was a test for Abraham. What is your value? Is your value in the name of Abraham, in your descendant, in the son that I promised you? Or is your value in me? Abraham was make, asked to make a sacrifice. But it wasn't in the sacrifice because we read when it was all over. In your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have sacrificed? No, because you have obeyed my voice. A little later, this situation when Israel was in Egypt and then a little while later when they got forgotten about but God knew that the nation of Israel was there there was a man that God raised up by the name of Moses and he ended up being in Pharaoh's household and being treated history I'm not sure how well I read it but suggests that Pharaoh actually didn't have a son apart from his uh, daughter and her daughter couldn't actually have any children and Moses ended up being his default grandson. So I'm not sure how accurate that is, but that's suggested in some readings. Regardless, the point is Moses was a Hebrew who was in Pharaoh's household, who was living a life of Egypt that was at that stage and that part of the world, the leading economy, the OECD highest r ranking, the highest lifestyle, the best crops and production and technology and understanding of what they had of sciences and biology at that time. But at some stage, Moses realized, recognized that he was a Hebrew. And when he saw that the Hebrews were being 
punished or driven hard, he thought within himself that he was going to do something about this. And he did the wrong thing. He killed an Egyptian because the Egyptian was oppressing the Hebrews. And then he had to run away. Why did he run away? It's obvious because he killed somebody. No, 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 no. It's deeper than that. He could have denied that. He could have said, oh, that was a mistake or whatever. If he had valued his life and his Egyptian, he would have come up with something to suppress that action and to, I pledge my allegiance to Egypt and all these things. But we read much later in the book of Acts or Hebrews that Moses gave up his right of a life of privilege. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, esteeming, that means valuing, that means giving value to the reproach of Christ, greater than the riches, than the treasures or the valuables in Egypt. Because he did the wrong thing. He shouldn't have killed an Egyptian. But he did it because he valued the ways of God greater than the ways of Egypt. He exchanged his position. He exchanged his comforts and privilege in order that he may be recognized as following and serving God. There's an exchange of a trade-up. Esther was a Jewess, a Hebrew wife of an Assyrian prince without him actually realizing that was the case that she was of a Hebrew heritage because of all the different mixing up that had happened over over a long time so she led a life of privilege as a wife of a very powerful king she was secure she had comfort she had position but there came a time And that all came about because of her identity that was hidden. But there came a time when it was time for her identity to be revealed and for her to go to the king when she was not supposed to. And if you do that, your life is not valuable. She chose, at that time she recognized, through encouragement of her uncle and others, that her life and her position maybe is to help others and they mean recognizing value in God more than in her own life and so she exchanged that position that she had that security, that comfort in order to be helpful because she wanted to recognize God Ruth was a person if we read in the Bible, who was from a nation of Moab. Not a good relation to, to Israel, she was related. But through relations, through a, a Jew, through a husband who had died, and then going back into the nation of Israel, she gave up her nationality. We read that she says, your people, we're my people. So Israel's, and I forget about being a Moabites. Your God is my God, not the God that, that we serve. She gave her identity in order to gain a greater identity. 
only two more Stephen in the New Testament after the disciples needed some more help and he was about preaching he was falsely accused speaking against the law he was doing his role as a minister of God and he did it to the point that even when they dragged him in to the judgment hall and said you said this and that and the other he was very straight he wasn't concerned because if you speak against the law if you speak against the uh, the foundation of, of Israel and, and the regiment and the way that they were doing it that's heresy and that is punishable by death and he said you people are stiff necked and uncircumcised of heart you resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did so do you he wasn't afraid he valued his stands in God more than his own life and then his life came to an end last example Paul who was Saul we know he was a Pharisee of Pharisees his value was in that he knew the law he knew God's ways he knew Moses' ways and they were the good things but there came a time same as Abram that he recognized that the law maker is greater than the law and he had to give up that with his position he had to give it up he didn't have to but if you recognize there's a greater value you really don't have a choice you give up that whatever it was had you had and there's examples of others of them each one willing to part to exchange that which becomes a sacrifice so Jesus can be glorified that means he can be made of greater value he's made of greater value by us parting exchanging and then we are in a better position to serve him talking about exchange if you would turn in Luke chapter 14 beginning in verse let's put this into perspective Luke chapter 14 verse 26 this is Jesus not long before the time that he was going to be accused well he was accused all the time but before he was taken to the Sanhedrin and, and, and the, the courts I guess and, and accused and then falsely trialed this is what he says to people to his disciples and those that were listening if any man in verse 26 come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters yea in his own life also he cannot be my disciple and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and count of the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it lest if, we, if you get to the end of it you, you can't do it and you can't finish it and people just laugh at you this man is silly because he, he never planned these things properly verse 31 or king 
that goes to make a war against another king, doesn't he sit down first and works out whether he's able with his resources to come against another, another who has more resources. Otherwise, he will send off em, em, emissaries and he will try and appease the situation. And in verse 33, the key verse. So likewise. Likewise what? What, what are we talking about here? Likewise, the cost. The cost of building a tower. The cost of going to war. The cost of those of maintaining relationships with those who around you who are normal relationships. But are you prepared to bear the cost? Abraham, are you prepared to bear the cost? Moses, are you prepared to bear the cost? Ruth, are you prepared to bear the cost? Thomas, are you prepared to bear the cost? Because there is a cost. We can't hide this. Living for Jesus, there is a cost. There is a cost of an expense. There is something you have to give. And there is a cost of hazards and risks that come with serving Him. There was a cost for Abram, no more the father. Cost for Moses, no more an Egyptian. Cost for Stephen, no more life. Cost for me, in whatever it may be. We're not talking about valuables of items. We're talking about the things that we hold in our hearts, in our minds, that we hold of value, which are certainly valuable much like the horses in the land and the money was valuable until you realize that food is more valuable so what are you willing to exchange what are you willing to quit in order that is dear to you in order to serve the Lord Lord God is looking for an acceptable sacrifice but more than that he's looking for a heart of obedience that gives that sacrifice what are you willing to exchange what are you willing to exchange that is valuable in your life and honestly and really valuable to you and God says you see this I am of greater value Will we recognize, will we value that which is ours? Like the rich man recognized value in his land. That land, he was blessed that he had a good land. He was blessed that the weather was right at the right time, that the workers were there. He was blessed. It was more than just me, I build these barns. It was God allowing that to happen. And in fact, the value was in God allowing it to happen, not in Him being the great landowner and farmer. Will we recognize the greater value? Because we read at the end of that, God says to that rich man, you're foolish. This day will I demand your life of you. Why? Because you didn't recognize the greater value. It's, this is not heavy or negative because... There is a benefit. There is a great benefit. In Matthew 25, 34, Jesus says, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom that's prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What a benefit 
that is trading up whatever we have whatever we think we have whatever we've achieved whatever we, emphasis we place on whatever we have our name our reputation our skills our whatever aspirations may be but you will inherit a place in the kingdom elsewhere Jesus says through John in the book of Revelation to him that overcomes will I give to eat of the hidden manna greater value than the manna here and give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knows except saving him that receives it I will write upon him the name of my God and will write upon him my new name my name Thomas means twin but when I get to heaven my name might be overcomer that's more valuable your name might be the redeemer the long suffering person whatever it may be that is of greater value in the kingdom of heaven than whatever we have here and you know what it says? He says, I will write upon him my name. Branded God's. At the beginning was God. And as time went by, it was I am. I am is God. I am is Jehovah and Jesus is I am has become your salvation I am his he's valuable and I'm his and I'm of the greatest value when I am in him when I give up that which I think is valuable and it is valuable and he blessed me with it but am I willing to let it go that I might be branded I am and therefore it is not I will but what will God will in his life in our, in my life through him are you willing to exchange who you are in order to be his amen bless all that is the message today praise the Lord.